Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, brought to you by Business West and sponsored by People's Bank. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS. And I'd like to introduce the host of this week's episode. He's the editor of Business West. Here's Joe Bednar. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Business Talk. We have a great show for you today, but first, we have this important message from our sponsor, People's Bank. Thank you for listening to the Business Talk podcast, sponsored by People's Bank, bringing you the best in business experts, entrepreneurs, and evangelists. Make Business Talk your innovation break for ideas and inspiration. People's Bank, where commercial banking can fuel your growth and make work life easier. Member FDIC, DIF equal housing lender. Bank at peoples.com slash business. Okay, we're back. And as promised, we do have a great show for you today. Our guest is Tyler Deschano, general manager of the Valley Blue Sox, a very successful team in the New England Collegiate Baseball League that has played at McKenzie Stadium in Holyoke since 2008. Happy to have you here on Business Talk. Thanks, Joe. Excited to be here. Excited to uh, promote the team and tell everybody a little bit about us. Yeah, so um, before we get into the Blue Sox, and as you approach the end of, the, of another uh, exciting regular season, um, tell me a little bit about your education and background and how you found yourself in the role of general manager. Yeah, absolutely. So I start, So I honestly, my kind of sports background and love for the game started probably when I was around like 10 or 11. Um, so back when I was younger. So I grew up in Lowell, Massachusetts. Um, so growing up in Lowell, we had the Lowell Spinners. Um, so they were like a single A affiliate of the Boston Red Sox. Um, just like where they were located for where I was growing up to is a quick walk over a bridge and there were $5 tickets to games. Um, and just from there, I really kind of fell in love with the scene and it was kind of, even from a young age, I knew what I, you know, kind of what, what I wanted to do. So I ended up loving sports, played baseball, all that growing up, even up to like working for the spinners at an eventual point. Um, I ended up going to UMass Amherst for school. Um, so when I was at UMass, I was part of their sport management program, um, very kind of highly recognized program for sport management. Um, I know their grad program is like number one in the world, just how it's ranked. So it's a very high program. You kind of go in there, you learn all different kind of things about kind of the sports world too. Um, so you kind of get to really see all of the different avenues in sports to kind of go in. And I mean, I loved it. It was, it was awesome. So um, growing up, I just remember my first class at UMass, it was like everyone in this class, like, I know, all have the dreams to want to be like a general manager one day and stuff like that. And they're like, just newsflash, like it's, it's not, not everyone's going to do that. And at first I was like, oh, I guess that's kind of true. There's just so many kind of different routes to go. And then um, going in through like my sophomore and junior year, I had like an internship with the Lowell Spinners lined up. Um, and then COVID kind of ended up happening. Um, and then there's like just a giant cut of minor league baseball teams after that too. And uh, sure. the spinners kind of fell victim to that as well. And so then from there, I went to one of my professors at UMass and just kind of asked if there were any sport internships that she knew about in the area. And that's kind of when uh, I was introduced to the Valley Blue Sox. Um, so in the summer of 21, um, that's when I had interned with the team. I did the sales and marketing role. Really liked it. It was kind of just even from what it was, just a dream that I had kind of wanted to do to kind of just plan on just getting sponsors into the games, planning my own game days and all that. And it was really cool. And then I worked a lot with like the little leagues doing marketing for them. Um, then it was shortly after the season ended. Um, I saw that the general manager position kind of opened up and then one of a member of the staff back at the Blue Sox kind of recommended me to kind of lean that way because I was just about to finish school. And then after when I had kind of got there, um, I applied for the position, interviewed through it, and ended up getting it. And it was just kind of a surreal experience. I just remember like thinking right back to what I mentioned earlier when 
one of my professors had said before, like, just no one's going to really, not everyone in this room is going to be a general manager. And I was like, well, I kind of <laughs> got hired in a general manager position before I even graduated. So it was awesome. And just kind of still just very thankful for this position I'm in and stuff and kind of for what it is making a dream of mine from a young age come true pretty early on in uh, the road to success for myself. This is the fir- your first season as GM, right? Uh, this is season number two. Um, so okay. I yeah. So last year was my first season. Um, it was kind of a don't want to say like a learning curve kind of a season. Um, we didn't really I want to say do too much to kind of invest in a lot of like our promotions and all kind of what we had to do because I mean just from what I had done in the intern role to this general manager role is very different too. And we had new ownership come on the same time I did as well. So it was just kind of a whole switch for the team, and it was you know good thing and just also kind of a pause for everything at the same time, which isn't really bad, but we kind of took last year as a way to kind of sit back and see what we had to do. And then kind of going into the season was kind of full full steam ahead. We ended up doing a full team rebrand, which came with like a new logo, new jerseys. We had a lot of new sponsors kind of come on as well. Mm. Um, our promotional nights kind of took a step up. Just everything kind of in general. We had some cool new promotions at the ballpark. We um are doing this really cool thing where in the fifth inning of one of our home games, if somebody hits a grand slam, um, we're giving away a free car. Um, so that was kind of a cool thing that we've been kind of pushing and it's been awesome. Just, and honestly, it's happened. We've had bases loaded in the fifth inning a lot more times than probably any other inning or ever. I'm like this, of course, like now here, here we go. And <laughs> so there was that. That's pretty cool. Uh, we've offered like a live, like in-game radio piece too. So if you kind of just have like this little, Headset, you keep it on, you're able to hear our broadcast live in the stadium without a delay. Yeah, so just a couple of cool things that we kind of took last year to see what we needed to do to improve the season, really full steam ahead this season. So it's been it's been good. You know, I want to kind of want to um, go back to the um, the, sort of the the, um, team building, roster building aspect of this. I mean, you, you guys have... The team's really created a winning tradition in the 16 years here. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had back-to-back league championships several years ago. Yeah. And now we're heading into this final week of this season, kind of right in the thick of things, competing for a playoff spot. For sure. um, how is the team assembled each year, and what goes into fielding a competitive team every year? I mean, do you have connections with certain colleges across the country? Yeah. How does the roster come together? Yeah, so the whole kind of piece when it comes to, you know, kind of forming this roster, it's not really myself in that typical general manager spot. It's kind of our director of baseball operations. Um, his name's John Rayola. Um, so he's been with the team for I, a very long time. So he put together and managed the team in 2017 and 18 that went back to back. So he That's still right. does that for us now. Um, he's a coach down at Elms College and they play at the same, well, the head coach down at Elms and they play at the same stadium that we do. Um, so he's just very familiar with the area and all that too. But he's just from uh, as long as he's been doing this, because he's been involved in the league, I want to say for at least 15 years, 10 to 15, whether it be for our team or kind of just different teams in the league. Um, so he's kind of built a reputation himself for just like you kind of hear the name in the league and it's kind of a selling point in itself too. So yeah, on and with just that whole process too, I know that he reaches out to different coaches and stuff. He knows he has all these connections and it's kind of funny. So our season, hopefully knock on wood that it ends middle of August. That wouldn't mean that we go all the way. We probably have our first player signed for the 2024 season by September 1st. Wow. So okay. it, it's a very active process. So he's probably already starting to look at all this stuff now for next season. And he, honestly, by, I want to say close to Thanksgiving or even like the holidays in general, that's when we probably have a, a full roster. So we we really do it early in advance. It's kind of just how it works too, because before their spring season really starts to kind of 
carry away. And that's kind of where the player's priority kind of goes. Um, it's kind of more towards their season, which it makes sense. Um, so we kind of try and jump on that early and just kind of the league thing too. So we will probably have for what it is, 40 to 45 players on our roster by like the new year. Um, and that's kind of an intentional thing because we know by like March players will kind of start to drop injuries happen. Coaches start to shut them down before the season. So yeah. And you'll kind of see it throughout all of the leagues too, that they're, there's full rosters way before um, like New Year for that as well, too. But it is kind of a cool process. It's one that I've kind of started to get a little bit more involved in myself. As last year, by the time I was hired, the team was already put together this season. And just kind of going forward, it's yeah, you know, it's, it's a really cool process just to kind of see how it all works. But it's not one that I'm heavily involved in as it's more so the director of baseball operations. And it's kind of he's had a lot of success doing it. So um, no need to fix it if it's not broken. <laughs> Are these players being scouted professionally at these games? I mean, what's the draw of playing in a, in a prominent summer league? Are they, are they showcasing yeah. their talents uh, kind of with an eye toward the next level? Yeah, so that's kind of the main purpose of this league, really. Um, so um, I know that just at our home games and stuff, we'll have scouts at almost every game. A lot of them, they'll be a little more discreet than others, um, just kind of looking as if they're more so a fan than those the scouts that will come in gear for the team that they're there for. I know that we've seen like a scout for the Giants who's worn a Giants hat, Giants polo, like it's, yeah. And it's not, not really hidden. (laughs) Then we'll have others (laughs) that kind of will just wear like a plain kind of hoodie. You don't know who this guy is, but it's, it's cool. And they're there at every game. I've gone on a fair share of um, away games this season too. Uh, I've probably been to at least more than half of them if I had to guess. And you see a lot of the scouts and stuff there too. And they're there for our guys. They're there for the opposing team on that we're visiting. And no, it's a, really cool thing and even so i mean yeah that's the main goal for everybody in this league too um i know the mlb draft was just last week and we had 40 league alumni drafted um, wow okay. yeah we had one drafted ourselves he was a pitcher andrew sears he played for us last season um and he started off i'm sorry i'm blanking on the d3 program he was at uh, i want to say it was rhode island or south a school in rhode island um and then he ended up transferring mid-season to yukon um, and then he just had a very good season from there. And then he ended up getting drafted in the 10th round. Um, one of our shortstops oh, from great. last season, um, Anthony Sherwin, he played out at Bucknell. Um, he was a shortstop for us last season and he just ended up getting signed by the Houston Astros too. Um, so yeah, we have pretty good success, even just alumni in general we've had. So, um, like Trey Mancini, um, he played for the Orioles. Um, he was played for the Astros. He ended up winning a world series for the Astros last year. Um, and now he is with the Cubs. So he played for us back in 08. I think it was the first season that we were here. Um, another MLB all-star like Jake Cronenworth um, plays for the San Diego Padres. He's been, a, I think, a two-time all-star as well. Um, he played for us. Um, just some of the league alumni in general, like Steven Strasburg played in this league. Yep. Um, yeah, so no, it's a very highly coveted league. Um, it's one of the top in the country. And everyone that plays in this league is really trying to take that next step of becoming an MLB draft prospect or just even bettering their collegiate career, where even like the instance of Andrew Sears last year, where he was division three and then made the jump to division one. That's kind of part of the reason he was playing too, was to kind of help move up. And then he even made the step after that by getting drafted. So yeah, it's a very highly competitive league and yeah, there's been a lot of draft history in this league. You're listening to business talk, a podcast presented by business West and sponsored by people's bank. We're talking today with Tyler Deschanel, general manager of the Valley Blue Sox. Um, 
you guys have been a, a good draw in the past. I know there's some years where you're beating out a lot of uh, professional A-ball teams in attendance and really ranking among the higher um, attendance in, 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 um, in the college leagues. Yeah. How's attendance been this year? Attendance has been okay um, for what it is. And I've seen just now with my third season kind of being there, it does, it's been going up every year since I've kind of been there. What I've noticed is like league trends as well is kind of since COVID, it's just kind of made a little dent in the league in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it is starting to make that increase to head back up. Animal. So off of that. And then even just, I've never seen a summer like this one in terms of rain <laughs> and it's just been the, the rainiest yeah. summer I have ever seen. And it seems like it only happens six o'clock before six thirty home game. <laughs> like, it seems like the timing has been unreal really, but on days where the weather has been nice or there's been no rain expected, it's been an awesome crowd. And even for what it is, some of these rainy days, it's still a very good crowd. But we know that there is kind of room for that to kind of go up as well. And I think a huge part of that is just with the weather and what it's been this year, too, because I'm still getting emails and calls every day asking if the game is still on. When's the next game? Like all kind of different things like that. So it's the fan engagement is still awesome. We're all there, but it's really the weather is dampened a lot of things. Like even tomorrow, we have our fourth doubleheader of the season already because of the wow. rain. So, yeah, I've never, never really seen anything like it. So how, how do you go out about um, drawing more, more families to McKenzie? I know you mentioned some promotions. How important are the fan promotions in bringing people to the park? And, and, and how do you build that promotional schedule? Yeah, no, it's huge. So kind of we start that right around, honestly, November, December, different things. So we've had a long list of sponsors that have been with us for a while. Um, there's been some new ones that we've been targeting to bring on. Um, so kind of how those conversations start with them, too, is just seeing what level they kind of want to come in at if they want to sponsor their own kind of theme night going from there. And then just seeing what we can kind of put together. I know that we do some really cool things with like Eisenberg school of management at UMass as well too, where from there we did like a t-shirt giveaway night for our first weekend. Um, Westfield bank is one of our sponsors as well. Um, They do like our Western mass hall of fame. That's usually a sellout event that we do in December, kind of just recognizing like some of the great like baseball talent and softball talent. Um, that's been Western Mass. So we do a night that's kind of focused around that. Um, we do a hat giveaway with them, um, which is a big one too. So just a lot of these theme nights as well. So what kind of goes into that is just a lot of the trends too. So we'll see what other teams in the league do and see kind of what works well with them. But a lot of these, we've realized that fan giveaways are a huge one. Um, so if we're able to kind of do promotions towards that, that's a big one. Um, and the other one is anything kind of geared towards like those families of four or those like kids um, to kind of come in. So we do a lot of work with like little leagues in general to try and see if they want their like own kind of focus night. Yeah, that process too. It it really does. It starts early with kind of just seeing everything um, that works for us, what we can do to come in. Um, We try and make sure that we have those kind of posted around the park too. So even just the season two. So before the season started, we had our full promotional schedule kind of all set but we kind of released it in a format where it's per month. So we did like release the June one for June and then July with the July one came out. And then part of mm-hmm. that too is kind of just because of the weather <laughs> too. So say if there again is a game that's rained out in June, um, we find a space to kind of move that around in July. Sure. That way yeah. it's kind of just kind of working around there. It's, it's a little different than what you would see with like most minor league or major league teams kind of with just how we plan our promotions too. But a huge part of that is just getting the word out too. Um, Big one for us, too, is just we're very heavy on social media. Um, our growth has been unbelievable on social media, too. Um, 
even within the past few seasons, we've gained almost a thousand followers too. Um, just kind of with our promotions, we have a great social media team. They have full kind of creativity with this project, these projects too, to kind of do the promotions. Um, so we kind of make sure we get out there. We boost that all of our sponsors that we work with. Um, they are also sharing this stuff in either their offices or if they're a media outlet doing the same thing there as well. So it's really just making sure that we get out. We have a tight relationship with Holyoke as well. Um, so I know if you go through like their city hall or any of the local businesses near us, they have their our schedules up and stuff to promoting what's going on. So with just like how our league and team is structured, we rely heavily, heavily on the community to um, kind of help us get everything out with the promotions and game day and all that. And it's really cool. It's fun. It, just kind of seeing everybody kind of come together and rally around this. Cause like, we do really think we are Western masses baseball team is kind of how we try and market with the, one of the highest level of talents in the, like in the area really. So Absolutely, we kind of yeah. try and um, get everybody kind of together to support that. Yeah. It seems like with the promotions, you know, you, you've got a lot of um, uh, businesses that can kind of, um, you know, get their name out there and, and connect yeah. with you. There's probably nonprofits that can get their, of, um, yep. their, their causes out there. I mean, it, 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 it seems like it's important for the, that the Blue Sox have those connections with the community to, sure. you know, to be sustainable. Yeah. And that's just, we work with a lot of just nonprofits as well too, trying to kind of promote whatever there is. We do a huge night kind of focus around like big brothers and big sisters of the Western mm. mass area. They basically how that night works too, is they basically just kind of come in, they get to meet the players. They, we let them in for free. They get to go out on the field with them. So it's a really cool experience for them as well. We run like even just like our youth clinics that we run too. So we run three weeks of them in the season. So we do one in Holyoke, one in South Hadley, one in Wilbraham. So they, they all get to be taught by our players, like just some of the cool things that, you know, they may want to learn further and just kind of grill that experience as well, too. Wednesday, the 26th, it's like our clinic night. So all uh, or all kids, I should say, who's uh, signed up for the clinic, they'll come in for free. Um, and then they'll also get like a free like Blue Sox t-shirt and get to just see all their favorite like players or camp counselors <laughs> at that case, too, and just kind of get together with them. So we really try and make that huge community engagement is one of the main things we do. And, uh, and speaking of community, I, I, I meant to ask this before, because I think it's important. Uh, the, uh, you have host families um, that, that house yes. these players for the, for the summer. How important is that? And, and, uh, and have you uh, had a lot of enthusiastic um, support from them? Yeah, we can't stress it enough too. Like just within the team and the league in general, like this league, yeah, the league can't really run without these host families. Um, so basically just how, for those of you listening who may not understand, so host families too. So it's basically just kind of families in the surrounding area who have maybe an extra bedroom that they have in their house or just even kind of willing to go on that next step and kind of host like a collegiate player that's kind of chasing their dreams of being an MLB player and kind of being a part of that journey with them for a couple of months. So um, it's a really cool experience too. Just from we've had some host families now that have been here for a decade. We've had some that have been here for five years and we've had some that this is their first year and everybody seems to be loving the experience. Um, all the players are great with them. One of the main concerns that like people that are curious and hosting is like, do I really want to let in a 21, 20 year old kid into my house for the summer who I don't really know? <laughs> this kind of comes up all the time, but um, they shortly learn and then just, we always promote to like it, everyone in this league they're just, it's, they're great people. Um, they come in because they have a goal that they're chasing. And so they're very just focused and determined on that goal. So there's no real, I don't know, issues that kind of come in with that. So it really is a cool thing. And we offer a bunch of nice things for our host families too. So there's free admission for every game. 
admission for our concessions as well. Uh, we went down to a Red Sox game in June and we paid for all of their tickets. Wow. Um, so it's a bunch of different cool things too. We have a host family appreciation night on Saturday. Um, so they all kind of come down get like this cool photo opportunity with their um, like host players when they come in. Um, we'll give them like different gift baskets. Hopefully no one's listening. Just spoiled that. <laughs> and then, so yeah, no, but it's a really cool thing. They come in um, and it's a great summer. And a lot of times we learn too, if you have like a young kid um, that's like playing little league, they love the opportunity to live with like a college player too. Cause I, just from what I've heard too, they're always just playing catch in the backyard or they're on PlayStation together. Like they become like an older brother to these kids and it really shapes like from a young age, just these kids lives too. So it's really a neat and cool experience to be a host too. That's great. Um, we're just about out of time. Uh, I guess yeah. to close up, um, it, it seems um, in general that, uh, you know, baseball seems to be back as, as it were, you know, nationwide. There's a lot of excitement yeah. in the, the MLB with the shortened yeah. games and attendance is up. Um, just kind of on a regional basis, do you, do you still, do you feel like there's a lot of enthusiasm for baseball going forward in this region? And, 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 uh, and if so, how exciting is that? I do. And it's awesome. It really is. Um, just to see like the game that I know I grew up with, most of us kind of grew up loving. And there was just like that kind of lull for the last couple of years where it just seemed like baseball was not the same that it really was, but no, just from being around the sport every day and seeing what it is, the enthusiasm is fully there for the sport. Um, and it's awesome. And I think it's just how it starts up top. I think it's just how the MLB is kind of marketing themselves too. I think it starts with just some of the players, like even just like Shohei Otani of the Angels right now. Like we haven't seen a player like this in since Babe Ruth, really. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just really cool that like you'll see like all these like young players now that okay, maybe they just focus on pitching or they're hitting. Like, why not both? So they kind of come in and do some of these cool things too. They do just a good job at major league games too, to just kind of really um like market kids to the sport as well um and just from like even in the area too i know like what we do as well like we do a lot of things to try and draw kids into the stadium we do like these on-field promotion games between every inning so whether it be like those bumper balls where people kind of like run into each other that you see it a lot with like soccer we do like a lot of races um t-shirt giveaways um foam ball toss there's a lot more player interaction too um, just in the sport at our level or the MLB too, whether that's on social media or just kind of meet and greets with all of that too. But it's been like yeah. just, I think that the league is just marketing and the sport in general, just marketing differently where people have a good experience at a ball game and they just want to keep on coming back. And it's awesome to see because it just it really hasn't been like this in the last couple of years. So it's awesome to see baseball on its uh, back to where it, it would and should be. Well, that, that translates into uh, you know increased uh, success and attendance uh, going forward for you guys. Um, yeah. that's all the time we have for today. And uh, Tyler, awesome. I really, I really appreciate you spending a few minutes with me talking about a team that continues to be a really important part yeah, of the fabric of the community. Me. Yeah. This was awesome. And, and, uh, and thanks to all of you for tuning into business talk a podcast presented by business West and sponsored by people's bank. I'm Joe Bednar, the editor of business West, and we'll see you next time.